0: When I think back to how the us versus them mentality around sexual orientation and gender expression was cultivated in me by my faith tradition, one of the foundational pieces was that I thought of queerness as other than normal, a deviation from the mean, a perversion. In fact, by making straightness the default, heterosexuals left themselves completely ignorant to any intrinsically deep understanding of their own sexual orientation and gender expressions. All too often we hold ourselves to toxic notions of who we were meant to be and close ourselves off to the full spectrum of all the possible ways we could be fully human. I mean, I don't want my children, or any more children, growing up trying to live up to the sort of straight-jacketed way of thinking about themselves. It's abusive, and I'm extremely grateful to have had this conversation with Cedric Harmon, founding educator for Many Voices, and our impeccable ally, Melvin Bray. Welcome to The Pre-Work, a limited podcast series about being in a relationship with one another. Part one of this podcast focuses on the somewhat divergent ways BIPOC and white folks can prepare to go on an equity journey together. While part two tackles justice and equity, but for queer and straight folks, I'm your host, your narrator, and sometimes panelist, Crystal Cheatham, alongside Melvin Bray, who serves as our interviewer. And now, Melvin.
1: If you are not of a certain middling age, you may not remember the whole men are from Mars, women are from Venus craze of the 1990s. Mars and Venus were everywhere. Billboards, talk shows, a sitcom. A Broadway show, workout videos, themed vacations, travel guides, seminars, sermons, apparel lines, fragrances, and a his and hers salad dressing. You could hear Mars and Venus echoed throughout mass media. Pop psychology, like Mars and Venus, appeals to such a broad audience because it seems to confirm what people already believe to be true. Of course, the concept of Mars and Venus was not the first attempt to make a buck off our society's love of simple binaries.
2: Good, bad, right, wrong, real, fake, light, darkness, black, white, gay, straight. In fact,
1: opposites are one of the first concepts we teach little human beings. What perhaps we forget when we grow up is that life is filled with a whole lot more complexity than we are first led to believe as children, and no amount of wishing things were just as simple as our parents first told us makes it so. Over the years, I've watched commitment to false binaries take a toll on more than a few relationships. I've seen people dig in their heels on opposite sides of a concern and completely forget the foundational relational imperative to close the gap. Either or thinking nearly cost me my own marriage. It's seductive and convenient and doesn't leave a whole lot of room for lived experiences beyond its own frame of reference. The attempt to try to understand the fullness of the world while standing immovably at the poles that we've been taught to occupy can actually create persistently inequitable outcomes for those whose sense of self and expression falls somewhere outside our limited field of vision. Letting go of misinformed assumptions and rigid categories can be challenging. Luckily, we don't have to find our way by ourselves. We are again fortunate to be joined in conversation with Crystal Cheatham, founding curator of our Bible app and Cedric Harmon, founding educator for Many Voices. Hey, Crystal. Hey, Cedric.
0: Hello, friends. Crystal Cheatham here. We circle around the topics of gender identity and trans inclusivity in this conversation. Normally, whenever we talk about trans folks, we endeavor to have them in the room with us. However, this is the pre-work. And we take that title very seriously. We invite you to listen as we set the stage for your eventual encounters and positive engagements with those from the trans and gender nonconforming communities. Come, let down your guard and learn how to embrace those we often other. I'll see you on the other side.
1: Again, I am delighted to be in conversation with Crystal Cheatham, founding curator of Our Bible App, and Cedric Harmon founding educator for Many Voices to help us find our way. So let's start with this whole notion of Mars and Venus and the multiple binaries that it implies. Um, What is this infatuation that people in Western culture seem to have with binaries? What does it serve and what disservice does it do?
3: Well, I think people would argue that it serves a more orderly, non-chaotic existence. That if we have these very fixed notions of either or, in, out, up, down, right, left, that that provides some certainty and some ease of navigating the world. As opposed to dealing with the gray kind of nuanced ways in which the world actually functions, I think there's a presumption that that's too much for us to manage. So we need to bite, put into bite-sized manageable pieces these, these polar opposites or these dualities or these binaries so that we can manage a very complex and ever-evolving world. That's, does, that's not how life works though. <laughs> yeah,
1: I was about to say, right? Like whatever resistance we have to that seems like totally absurd when you, when, when you face the realities
0: of, of, of life, right? Like, like Life is all over the map. Right. And I just want to say that that as a woman, the way that this is uh, set up and normalized uh, has a hierarchy. You know, it says that um, men and masculinity belong at the top with the all of the power. And uh, the wisdom for the world, and and the ability to organize everybody else uh, accordingly, and that then comes femininity and women, um, and under that, you know, children, um, and that is uh, so limiting when you think of uh, our diversities in the world that we live in. Um, but that kind of you know patriarchal system. Um, has given way to some even bigger demons. Uh, in it, we have purity culture. Um, in it, we have rape culture. Uh, this idea that you know you have to defer to the man, and uh, the man doesn't have to ask as many questions. And um, and there's something inherently evil about women and femininity, or or out there to dissuade and uh, and trick. And so uh, I think that when we look at the way that the gender binary has, has served us, it has been a disservice. Um, it is robbing us. And uh, this introduction of, of non, uh, the non-binary person, the non-binary way of figuring out uh, how gender is a spectrum uh, instead of two separate poles is a gift, you know, and allows each of us to express ourselves and learn about ourselves in a new way.
3: Yeah. Yeah, indeed, um, we have the ability to appreciate that bodies show up differently in our world, and always have, and always will. Yeah. And can we just celebrate the body that shows up in the way that it shows up, and allow it to express itself as the gift that it is to our world? We have we've made many many progressions. Uh, in many, many different ways. You know, there was a time when left-handed people were viewed as somehow aberrant. Yeah. And the hand was tied behind the back and were forced to conform with right-handedness. Yeah. Now recognize that this is not acceptable behavior. And this is true in gender as well, not acceptable.
1: To your point, Crystal, earlier, it, you know, it's, it's such a limiting way to be, to move to come into the world, right? Denying the complications, the complexities, the, the nuances. It lessens us all, not just in terms of our ability to perceive beautiful diversity of the world, but it, it seems to me that it would also lessen us in terms of our ability to understand our own possibilities in the world.
0: Right, so, you know... I forget which which episode it was where we talked about that um, gender-bred person and the things you discover when you start to chart yourself along that, that path. Um, you you start to learn that, uh, you know, as a child, you as a woman may have been taught a girl to wear dresses, you know, and yada, yada, yada. And then you 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 may have grown up to become... Uh, in love with the outdoors and just how uh, senseless it is to be traipsing around in, in dresses and uh, and heels you know yes that doesn't change <laughs> you know I, I'm just saying that gender like Cedric was saying is is a little bit of a um, gender is 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 like being superstitious you know trying to believe that or trying to Push on on yourself or other people. This this fear, this anxiety about something that is not there at all, you know. And all you really need to do is is to release yourself from that, uh, release yourself from it, and you 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 begin to discover that you know you're not you're not you're not in the wrong, or you're not shrinking when you do. In fact, you you are beginning to expand and learn new things about yourself, and that's okay.
1: What's hilarious is, of course, everybody else's superstitions are, 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 are naive, right? <laughs> like, like, you know, naive and, and simple-minded and much ado about nothing, but our own superstitions, whatever they are, right? Like, they are well, they, they are substantial and, and well-reasoned. Knock on wood!
0: <laughs> Throw that salt over your shoulder. No so i have a i have i have three brothers you know all pretty alpha males which made our house a nightmare if you were a parent (laughs) um very bullheaded but um i have one brother and he's closest in age and um he's just so pretty he is just so pretty and um We grew up in farm country, um, and there was a time where he uh, actually worked for the dairy farm across the street, you know, shoveling manure, and he would come back, and he would be stinking, and he would have to strip at the door, and then we would let him in and just shove him right back to, to the bathroom, I mean, to the bathroom, and you know what? That young man grew up to be a lover of fabrics, just, I think, people would call him a a metrosexual, you know, and had he not been able to grow and develop his own style, I don't think that he would have really met the woman of his dreams, the woman that, you know, he's proposing to this, this weekend. He's a very straight man, you know, but according to our gender rules, he should not be able to, uh, to peacock around the way that he does.
1: So that leads me to wonder, about the mental health impact of binary thinking, particularly
2: on queer folk, what can you share? So
3: imagine, let's not even imagine. In my family, I had, I had um, a great nephew, I have a great
2: nephew who as a, as a little child
3: loved beautiful things like Things that were beautiful. Yeah. Uh, a beautiful flower, a beautiful picture.
2: And this child was um,
3: understood as a boy child. And family members and others saw this boy child attracted to beautiful things and had a conversation with the dad that the dad needed to intervene and address this obsession with everything being beautiful. Mm. Because it was suggesting something about my great nephew's future. Mm. So the instruction to my nephew was to impose will upon his child (coughs) and take away this obsession, this, this love of beautiful things. Wow. My nephew's response to this instruction was my son loves things that are beautiful and I love the fact that my son loves things that are beautiful. End
2: of nice. discussion.
3: Nice. <laughs> End of discussion. Right? Because the thinking was that's not how boy child is supposed to behave and if boy child is continued to encourage to pave this way Boy child is not gonna grow up to be the kind of boy child that boy child is supposed to be. Whatever that is, it's it's a ridiculous conception, but that's a real conception for folks.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
3: And so out of these beliefs, we impose accepted typical behavior, expectations on each other. Mm. And therein comes the harm. Now, even with night and day, yes, there is night and there's day, and there's mid-afternoon, and there are eclipses. And so the complications show up, even in our construction of night and day. Mm. The complexity is built into the system. And the question is, how do we manage the complexity? How do we respond to the complexity? And so what, what I'm encouraging folks to do and what we're trying to help folks understand is, settle into the complexity, gain knowledge and information so that you can respond to the complexity appropriately and with a certain level of appreciation, as opposed to running from the fact that gender is a spectrum, it's a continuum, and it's not just the fixed poles, it's all the beauty in between where we actually live and express ourselves and what really happens in our lives.
0: There is a lot of of ugliness that comes when you uh, insist on putting people into boxes. Insist that, uh, you know, a person born with this genitalia must do this, you know, and the one with the, this genitalia must do that. And that is the path for their entire life. At any time they stray from, stray from it, uh, they are doing wrong or uh, they need to be shamed um, when I was a, when I was a kid, I was in love with bodybuilders. I just thought it was so cool. You know, muscles were amazing. And, um, I told my father, I wanted to be a bodybuilder. I wanted to, uh, and, and he just bulked. He said, no daughter of mine is going to be a bodybuilder. You know what that does to your body? You know, and then he went on to, to talk about just random things. That could possibly happen to a girl's body if it becomes, you know, too mm-hmm. muscular. One of the, th- that caused, caused harm in my own life and pushed me towards, you know, these games that I would have with my brother. My brothers, you know, sitting and, and watching people pass by the streets and pointing it and saying, is that a man or a woman? You know, is that a man or a woman? Which sounds like a, an innocent game. But when you think about it, is enforcing all of these gender stereotypes Mm -hmm. and is putting a lot of harm and hurt into the world for no reason. It's saying it's okay if amongst us, we don't respect people for who they are. It's okay Mm. if amongst us, we decide to judge people by the way that they look and the way that they uh, choose to express themselves and that we know everything about them when we look at them. These conversations that we have when, 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 when we are by ourselves, they have a ripple effect outwards. Yeah, I just think we can do better.
3: Yeah,
1: we can do better and we should do better.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, and culturally, the other thing that I, I always have, I always wanna make sure that this is understood. There are cultures and ethnicities for whom this crazy binary just does not exist. Mm-hmm. There's, not, there's, not, there's not woman man. Mm. as a fixed reality. Mm. There's you, the person, Mm -hmm. the human being in front of me. Mm. I see you. I don't see the binary. I see you. So this is not something that dropped out of some strange reality. This is humanity.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I'm glad you named it as a cultural thing because so often we we assume that because a thing is true for us culturally that it is true for everyone and particularly of course in western culture right like it, particularly in western culture there's this assumption of universalization right like like we are you un- we are the universal crystal you 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 named pronoun and and so i'd like to to ask a question about that. I grew up in a culture of he, him, his, and she, her, hers. And then in my late thirties, someone asked me to use they, them, theirs. And the inside of me did a somersault. <laughs> I mean, it was just, you, you would think the way I felt was something that was the hardest thing in the world. They asked me to make room linguistically for an experience that was outside of this this culture I had grown up in. Meanwhile, if you went to grade school in the 70s or, or thereafter, right? Like, so the 70s, 80s, 90s, whatever. Like me, you likely have been using they, them, and theirs as neutral pronouns, or both and pronouns most of your life. As the two of you have worked with folks who started their journeys in places similar to where I began, what reasons have you heard for why such a simple linguistic move can be so
0: disconcerting? I think, like I, like I, you know, I, I interrupted you with that, you know you're asking me to do something for you that, that just inconveniences me in the deepest way, because what you're asking me to do is pay attention to my language in a way that I have never had to before. You know, when it comes to the gender binary, it is so ingrained in me, even just the, the, the small lang- the small things that I say, um, like uh, you know, I want I I, I want to be able to look out at at my uh, my group of lesbian friends and say you know we're powerful women, you know but uh, uh, but we're but knowing that not everybody in that space identifies as as a woman, this this request to use uh, other pronouns means that I have to dig deep all the way down. And contend with all of these things that I, that I didn't realize that, that I believed and, and thought about gender and, and allow that to come back up and manifest in another human. I, I mean, I remember the first time I was asked to use uh, other pronouns, um, and not just they them, but uh, Z, Z. Um, there's, there's a couple of different ones. and yes,
1: yes.
0: To me, it felt like we're just making things up. you know I was like. Why should I participate in this made up language when that's not the way that the world is?
3: As if all languages aren't made up, but you know- And don't evolve and change, (laughs) right. So I wanna do this, I wanna say this because I think it may also help. So you named it that this is not what I'm used to doing. It's been a certain way. And you're asking, you're imposing your will upon me to do something that's, that's not true and it's all made up, okay. Our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. We, u- we use thee, thou, <laughs> thy. Yes. Yes.
1: Yep. Stuff we, we would <laughs> never say would, else, <laughs> for any reason, unless we were doing some version of, of Monty Python or some, some kind of something, right? Like we'd never
3: use this language. So it's, it's actually, it, it's, it's farcical. This is not true. We, we shift and change language all the time. People will ask me, well, what's my name? And I'll say my name is Cedric. And if I were to be truthful, I could give them my middle name. Or I could give them the name that my family calls me. Or I could...
1: <laughs> exactly.
3: We shift and change at will. But it seems that when the request is made from a group of individuals, that we already have some enmity toward, some disregard for, or that are outside of our experience, then it becomes a problem.
1: Now now you're talking about it, right? Like the, what it betrays, it betrays some other things in us, I think, right? You said the, a group of people who we already have enmity, and perhaps that moment forces us to confront the fact that we're not we're not as good a people as we think we want to think we are. And so then we project that out, right?
0: Right. So we're, we're, you're, you're saying that I have to acknowledge that, uh, that there are more than two genders. That's what you're asking me to do every single time I engage with you. And I just think that it's completely unfair because this is something you are doing with yourself and your community over there. Why do I have to participate in it? But ultimately what, what people are just asking is for respect and for you to, to uh, treat them, treat this, this, this request uh, to be named properly as if you are talking to somebody who, um, you know, as, as if you're engaging with somebody of, of a different race you are being respectful because you're, you're a good human and you want to be able to, to love people appropriately. Um, it really is the realization that, you know, there are more than two, two genders. And that for me was really what got me over the hump of, of you know, I don't want to do this. <laughs> I'm too lazy for this. But the realization that, you know what, it's, it's what we, the system that we have is in, incredibly um, uh, inadequate. And we can do one better the same way that I'm I'm asking people to um, accept me and fit me into their idea of what a woman can be. You know, I need to be able to offer that grace to other people as well. It
1: helps if it's a person you love to get you over that hump, but it shouldn't require that. It shouldn't require that. I'm, I'm thinking right now, you know, I have a cousin. Her name was Cassandra.
2: I did not know her as Cassandra. I knew her as Robert. I knew her as Robert because when she grew up and, 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 and chose to live her truth, part of the condition
1: in which uh, she could come back home and visit and be connected,
2: was that she had to come back home recognizable as Robert. I was eight years old when, when Cassandra
1: died. <clears throat> she was a, what I now believe to be uh, an early victim of the AIDS crisis back before we even knew what AIDS was. And, uh, and this, does, this stuff doesn't just happen within, within churches, right? Like it happens within families is what I'm, I'm, I'm getting at. Because when Cassandra died, first off, I did not know her name then. I, it took me, I was 40 some odd years old writing a book before my mother finally told me what her chosen name was. And so I try to honor her by remembering her by that name. But when she died, my grandmother insisted on
2: misgendering her and burying her with the accoutrements of a man. And her
1: sister, her trans sisters showed up and had a lot to say about that, that lodged itself in my brain (laughs) that I could go back to eventually and understand the damage that had been done the invisibilization that had happened the the ways in which in which she had been dis, uh 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 dishonored and in which that hurt her trans siblings when i came to hear that misgendering was an act of injustice i was blessed to be able to link that with this lived experience, right? Like I can, I can go back to this cousin of mine that I love and say, in honor of you, it, because I could not honor you this way in life, I will honor the memory of you by making this important. It shouldn't take all that. And so I guess what I want to ask you is what makes abandoning our binary, properly gendering people with our language properly acknowledging and respecting people with our language, what makes it an act of justice? And what are ways, what are other ways that we can respect how our neighbors and siblings identify and show up in the world? My
3: sense is that part of the work to arrive there is having this conversation and sharing it with people. And what I mean by that is inviting people to consider and engage in opportunities to to gain understanding and knowledge. Often sexuality, gender identity, and gender expression are not discussed. People do not have opportunity to even have a conversation. So they're just walking around with what they think they know to be true Mm. and are causing unintentional harm and they don't even know that they're causing harm and because They've never even thought about it. The other thing I think is we share this planet, human beings. I cannot actually continue to respirate without the plants and other human beings breathing. I'm, I'm dependent upon you breathing. Actually, your breathing helps me stay alive. Mm. We are interdependent, we are dependent upon one another. And my willingness to, to hear you say who you are and what your experience is is a deep act of respect for you and for myself. And my refusal to do so is a deep act of disrespect for you and also disrespect for myself. So my final thing is this, there's this wonderful quote by Janelle Monet, who I love. I do, I've never met Janelle, so if you're listening, I'd love to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not mad at you, man, make
1: that shout out. <laughs> you never know.
3: Janelle Monet said the following, To be young, LGBTQ, and Black in America means you can be misunderstood. You can be hated. It also means that you can be celebrated and loved. And I want to be on the final part of that quote. I want to be celebrating and loving every person that shows up in the way that they show up In the beauty of their bodies, in the beauty of their sexual orientation, in the in the beauty of their gender identity and their gender expression, because it's actually beautiful.
0: Melvin, I just want to say thank you so much for sharing that story about your cousin. Um, It is it's sobering to hear about a, a personal relationship that that you had that your family had with a trans person that didn't get to live out their years. Um, and that has to do with the requirement of secrecy for safety. And I just want to talk a little bit about what you asked, you know, where's the, where's the justice to acknowledging in uh, uh, non-binary existence to embracing, um, this uh, multitude of genders. And, you know, I am a cisgender woman. Um, and even though I'm a lesbian, it is it is very clear that when I walk out into the street that I most likely will not be offended if you use she, her pronouns. But I don't have to declare that, you know. Um, but something I do do in the spirit of, of Social justice work is to announce my pronouns, because what that does is creates uh, some room for those who always have to announce themselves mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as as non-binary, as mm-hmm. trans. You know, we we have uh, listing your pronouns, starting conversations by asking, "What are your pronouns?" gives room to folks who will have to fight for that, uh, that that space in the room otherwise. And it is all social. It is all uh, a, a, a social situation that can be discharged the moment we all start to participate in it. We are in tandem. There's no denying that. And so we need to figure out ways of, of, of loving each other through the discomfort of it.
1: So let's end here. Um, It is no secret that much of the ignorance and disrespect uh, out of which folks function towards queer members of society is cultivated in our religious communities. It would be easy for me to ask what are straight folks missing in our understanding of the divine. But I'm reminded that That question continues to center us in the conversation, straight folk in the conversation. So let me ask this question instead. What should queer folks be listening for to know whether a fellow traveler is toxic or a potential ally
3: in the work of queer equity? I know that I can speak. Let me speak for me. I listen for... Respectful curiosity.
2: Um, and what I mean
3: by that is, are you dating, as opposed to are you married? Mm, mm. I like the open-endedness of the question. It allows me to speak into it, whatever the truth is. But if you're asking if I'm married, often you you have an expectation, <laughs> right? I love what Crystal just named. What pro- what pronouns do you prefer? It's an open-ended question. I could answer any kind of way. It's the fixed question that feels like a trick and a trap to me because I've been tricked and trapped so many times. Yeah. I, I listen in church for inclusive language with regard to God. Mm. Um, it's really important to me. And it became important to me when I listened to a woman minister share how... her her journey to ministry was so interrupted because every time there was a reference to God, she did not see room for herself. Mm. Because it was always he, like always. Mm. It had always, so she did not see any room. And I think this is the experience of many queer people. Is there room for us? Are you making space for us? And is the space comfortable for us, or is it that we have to become comfortable in the space that you've created?
0: Cosign that, Cedric. Cosign all of that. That's that's what we're listening for in conversation. You know, we're just are are you including experiences that aren't your own? You know, if I'm you know talking to a bunch of if I'm making new friends and and everybody starts talking about how handsome this man is and oh gosh you know and and uh I say oh I'm a lesbian and if the conversation doesn't change then you've lost me you know you you Mm -hmm. obviously don't Mm -hmm. want to be in community with me you said it Cedric.
1: Cedric I, I remember you once saying something like the nature of spirit or the nature of divine is to expand to blow up our limited thinking yes and uh I love the possibility that lies in that. I have deeply appreciated this conversation with you all. Until next time, this is
0: Crystal Sheetham,
1: and Seth and Melvin Bray saying thank you for beginning and continuing this pre work with us. We'll continue helping you pack again tomorrow. Until then, be good to yourself and to others.
0: Thank you for tuning in with us. There's a lot to think about, and so we've packed you a little bag to help you in the coming days as you reflect. Consider reading Beyond Shame, Creating a Healthy Sex Life on Your Own Terms by friend of the pod, Matthias Roberts. We will continue to add resources to your backpack with each episode, and you can find all the links in the podcast show notes or on the pre-work shelf in our Bible app. The pre-work is a product of being in relationship, a program of Auburn Seminary. It has been edited and produced by Crystal Cheatham from Our Bible App.